All right, so we started a short series as last week um, we began doing a little bit of Thanksgiving, talking about thankfulness and things that we need to be thankful for. So, um, sorry, I've got a. It's okay. It's very nice picture and nice drawing, but we will get rid of it and talk a little bit about. All right, a few other things. Um, I want to talk a little about the pilgrims, okay? And everybody know when they landed? I hope you know this. 14. No. <laughs> what year did they land? Start with that. 16. And? 1600 and? Woo! Okay. <laughs> 1620, okay, <laughs> and if, you, if you've ever seen uh, Plymouth Rock, which apparently you haven't, that is what's written on Plymouth Rock, okay, <laughs> and they used to, Plymouth Rock was the traditional place where the pilgrims actually landed and first set foot in the new country, um, and that's not really quite the case because really they had set foot in some other places along in other spots, but this is where they really stepped off and agreed that they would make a colony here. In November, so imagine this, November in the Massachusetts area, okay, it's cool like it is here, right? And you start getting pretty cold nights, they had been on their ship for months, and they had been pretty low on food, or at least low on rations, okay? They'd, they'd ration things out. So they came and, and decided, they, they hit the coast in November. They finally decided December 11th to get off, and this is where we're going to build a colony. Now, imagine... You step out of the ship, and you just have open land and woods. That's it. December. Let's start now. Okay? <laughs> What's coming next? Snow, right? Snow and nasty weather is coming next. Okay? And that's exactly what happened. Just like our Decembers, okay, they get snow, and they get Freezing rain, lots of sleep. Now that's really nice to be outside in, right? We've got some cold rain out here, but drop it another 20 degrees and just make it so it slushes and sleets on you. It's really nice, okay? <laughs> First of all, you have no raincoats, right? Everything you have is natural fibers and things like that. So if you had some sort of... Uh, oil or something that you'd use or lard or different types of natural things to, to shed water. That's about what you'd have. Yep, oil, cloth, things like that. But you didn't have a lot of extra things, okay, and you didn't waste those things. And over time, oil cloth does, the oil comes off, right? It, it washes off as you use it and as you wear it, okay? So even if they had those things, they're out working. They decided we need to build some houses, and so they put together 19 houses. Now, there were 
supposedly about 19 families, except there was a bunch of random young men that had come, not, not as many women came over, okay? But there were about 19 houses, 19 families. So those young men did not get their own house because they had to just get enough to build um, these 19 houses. And so they were assigned to families, right? So these houses were 14 feet by 18 feet. Okay, 14 feet by 18 feet. That's about this room. Maybe... Probably not even quite as big as this room, okay? Probably a few feet short this way, and maybe a couple more feet short this way. Your entire family, plus another guy, at least, was going to live in this family, in this house. It was a wooden structure with a thatched roof, okay? You know what a thatched roof is? Thatch is like reeds, like so imagine cattails, coarse reeds like that, and they would take cattails by the bundles, not really cattails, but reeds that grew there, okay, they were water type reeds, and they would lay them in bundles and essentially create this really thick, they'd cut the ends off and kind of shear them, and they'd create this really thick roof of reeds and it would shed most of the water, most of the water as it came off. So, and you had dirt floors, okay? And really just like log sides or timber sides if they could create planks, whether they cut them or they could split them, okay? Created 19 of these houses. And then in between the cracks, they put mud, all right? So they decided on 19 houses and one big meeting house. So they got that meeting house done so that everybody could kind of congregate in there or live in there until they got all their little houses done. And then the roof caught on fire because it's thatched, right? It's dried reeds. <laughs> so they caught, it caught on fire and they were afraid that if they lost it in the middle of December that they wouldn't be able to get another one um, built in time. So they were able to get the roof uh, stopped burning without losing the entire structure, okay? So they had to, that set them back. They had to rethatch the roof and or patch in places of, of the roof, okay? So it's sleeting and slushing, nasty outside, and the houses that they did get, it's like sleeted, cold rain every day. Um, it started washing the mud off the cracks of their houses, okay? So the wind starts driving through the houses that they had built because it's all so fresh. It's kind of a frustrating thing at this point. They're living just hand to mouth. They get what they can get. They're trying to build. They're trying to hunt. They have nothing from from any sort of crops, they can just get what's wild in November. Well, what's growing it? November, December, January, not a lot. Okay, so anything they can hunt or anything they can gather to be able to, to eat is what they're going to do. Probably roots. They might have some wild roots and things like that. Mostly they're going out and fishing all that they can, getting fish and getting um, oysters and things that they can catch and go pick up in the bays, okay? They're surviving. 
at this point. But, here's what's interesting about it. They were grateful, but the whole thing didn't burn down. And God was good to them. Now, along the line, they had met some an Indian tribe. And this Indian tribe was unfriendly towards them. Okay, And the few guys that were there, uh, that were out, I don't know if they were on a hunting party, um, they started flinging arrows at them to kill them. And so once the arrows came their way, they started shooting back. All right, Not a single person was killed from either side. And those Indians, that tribe, left because God protected them. Okay? Now, it's not too good. We were attacked by Indians today, okay? <laughs> Doesn't, it's not a good way to start your day or the roof burned off our house or our one building that we had built to meet with everybody in. That's burnt, okay? So all those things kept happening. Time after time after time, they keep getting worse and worse. So not to mention this, but as they're outside trying to survive, trying to build these homes, people start to get sick. Guess what they had? Kind of a head cold slash severe flu symptoms, right? And they called it the general sickness, okay? Could have been COVID-1, who knows, right? (laughs) Way before 19, all right? So what they had was putting them, this wasn't just a head cold that you can kind of work through, it was putting them in bed so that they could move. All right? They're already a bit weakened. They're certainly not overfed. They're surviving on the food that they have, and they're in bed. There were 102, I believe, pilgrims to begin with. And at this point, they've lost some along the way. People started to get sick. At this point, the typical day, there were six or seven that could stand, that could help people out of 102. So that's a frustrating day, right? You just, you get well enough to stand, and you go help all the other people and, and help. And you, what happens with the flu? Spray. Yeah, but what, what, what kind of things <laughs> happen in the flu? Comes out both ends, right? Yep. Don't have any Mr. Clean or anything like that, right? You're just all in one building or in one small, tiny little house, okay? Jammed together and trying to survive, and there's lots of things being passed around. No toilets, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, it is, right? So these people were in total survival mode, and those six or seven people, they're cleaning up everything. That was their day. And then they got sick. So it just kind of passed around and around and around. Now, it said most days people died most days during that winter in that late December early January into February people died okay some days two and three people died now they were afraid because they didn't know 
the tribes around them. They'd had some warlike things that had happened to them. So they were afraid that if the, the tribes that were watching them at night would come and know that they're dying off. And so they wouldn't bury anybody during the day. They only buried them under cover of darkness at night. They were afraid because if you showed that you kept losing people, all of your warriors kept going, and you have nobody left to defend yourself, then if there's a tribe that's waiting for you, okay, to attack you, then that's look, they're looking for the opportunity when you're at your weakest and just come in and take you. And there probably were many days that they could have been taken, right? If there's only six or seven people that are upright, they could have come in and killed them all. And yet, God was good. Now, by the end of this sickness, early spring, they'd lost 50 people out of 100. Okay? That's pretty bad return rate. This isn't, you know, less than 1% like we're seeing with, with other diseases of our day, okay? 50% of the people died. But God was still watching them, and they felt that, right? They felt that very, very keenly. Even when there was only six or seven people that were upright at any point. So in March, okay, it was a tough winter. Remember, November to March, and they, they lost about half their people. In February, they lost 17 people, died, okay? And they had to bury 17 of their 100 people. That's a pretty good chunk of those people. All of a sudden, in March, out walks this native guy, and he looks like many of the other Indians they had spotted from site to site, okay? And his name was Samoset. He walks up to them, comes right up to the door in their house. Now, people are afraid because they have no idea what he's going to do. And he shouts out, welcome, in English. Because Samoset comes from Maine. And in Maine, there were many fishermen that had come from England across the sea and had met and traded with these tribes in Maine, okay? And so uh, he was part of the, the Patuxet. No, I'm sorry, not the Patuxet tribe. He was a part of a tribe in Maine, um, and, it, and he had learned enough English to speak with them. And so he made a little friendship with them, and he told them what had happened. There were cleared grounds and old fields that were left. And he said, four years ago, the Patuxet tribe lived where you're living now. And they used to kill every single white man that set foot in their, on their ground. They just wiped them out. So nobody ever got to stay here and survive. But four years ago... They all mysteriously died of a disease. Every one of them wiped out. You see, God had a plan for the pilgrims that came in. He knew they wanted to be protected to worship God. And ultimately, they had come from uh, 
Holland and England, okay, essentially, to be able to be free to worship God in their own way. And so when they crossed that, they, they happened to land at this one spot where this Patuxent tribe had died off four years before. Well, it was no happenstance. It was exactly what God had planned for them. All right? Because God is good. And that's something to understand. God is good. Now, another chief comes along. And there's a chief Indian. Uh, his name was Massasoit. Okay? And Massasoit, this is just a fun name to say, is part of the Wampanoag tribe. Also good. All right? <laughs> part of the Wampanoag tribe. And the Wampanoag tribe are peace-loving um, natives that live right near there. And these are the people that come and help. The pilgrims survive. So their first spring, they make it from November to like March, April, and then out come the Wampanoags. Massasoit is interested in making peace with them. And so they're able to find a translator that is able to work enough between them, and they create a peace pact. Basically, I'll help you, you help us, we won't harm each other, um, and not all of those tribes were willing to do that, but God put this one particular leader who was willing to do that next to them. But all of a sudden, Massasoit gets sick, and he's going to die. So they send a couple of people from the pilgrims group to go help and see what they can do. Now, it's dwindled down quite a bit and they have a little bit of medicine and it's probably not much it's probably mostly herbs and things like that but they had what they had and they went out to visit Massasoit on his deathbed they got to the tribe uh, like a home before Massasoit's actual home they stopped in there to announce their intentions we're coming to see Massasoit he's our good friend uh, and they said it was too late he's dead they decide to go on to Massasoit's home. They get there, and he's not dead. God has kept him alive. Now, he's lost the power of sight, so he's totally blind, and he's been laying there for days. And they think it's moments. So apparently, this whomever gave them that thing just said, he's, he's as good as dead, so he might as well not bother to go. So those, I think, two or three pilgrims of the group gave him some medicine. And when they gave him the medicine, they prayed. In two days, whatever medicine they gave him, whether it was helpful at all or not, or whether it was the right stuff at all or not, in two days, Massasoit's upright, he can see again, and he's on the way to recovery. He's good. And because of that, it cements the bond between the pilgrims and the, and the Wampanoag people. These are the people that end up joining the pilgrims on the first Thanksgiving. So they help them out, and they teach them how to do crops and things like that, and by the end of the year, essentially one year later after they, than they first landed, here they are ready again to worship God. They've had several different... Uh, days of, of prayer and, and thanksgiving and things like that, but they finally get in the room and have a big feast. 
we're going to offer massasoit to come. And so massasoit comes and he brings 90 braves and a whole bunch of other folks in his tribe. And they bring, they get there, and then they, with nothing. But they go out and they hunt and they bring back deer and, and all sorts of oysters and things like that. So they have a great big celebration. Okay. Everything seems good, and that's where the story usually ends up. That's where we stop. That's where we tend to, to end up right there, and we say, well, God is good. Let's turn to Psalm 106. Psalm 106, verse number 1. We're going to read verse number 1 through 5, with special attention on verse number 1, as we think about thanksgiving. All right, please read those. Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can shoot forth all his goodness? All right, David is talking about his nation, okay? And he says, if you follow God and you put God first, he said that you got to praise God in all situations. Because, he said, give thanks unto the Lord, for God is good. And you go back and you look at the things that I told you about the pilgrims and how, you know, they, they're in the mud, they're in the sleet, they're, they landed in November, okay? They finally got off in December after they've been kind of living on the ship, figuring out what they're going to do. They're just making it through the house, the, the meeting house almost burns down, but it doesn't. And Massasoit, their one uh, ally, almost dies, but he doesn't. And each time God is using these situations, Massasoit at that point becomes their best ally and their greatest friend, and he starts talking about the God that they believed in. Okay? God uses the opportunities that happen all along the way. Real history. This is just people living. Okay? That's all history is, is people living. And what happens next is not better. After their big Thanksgiving feast, they have a hard winter. They're able to survive, but people keep getting sent. They keep sending all through the next year. They send pilgrims. More people to join their colony. But they get there in ships, and they have no food. So they're trying to create more and more and more food. The next winter, by the next winter, it's worse than it ever has been, and each person is rationed down to, it says, about a quarter pound of bread per day. Okay, What's a quarter pound of bread? Well, not very much. Okay, a couple slices, maybe, and that's your what you eat for the day. They said they kept sending more and more pilgrims, 
to them. And each time, you know, 10 more people come, they're glad to see them. But that cuts the food in half every time they end up there. And they said they got to a point the next winter, they did not have a Thanksgiving feast the second winter that they were there. They got to the point that next winter where tradition says that they each were rationed five kernels of corn a day. Well, that's not very much to survive on. There is still a tradition today, some people do it, where they put five kernels of corn on their plate to begin their Thanksgiving dinner. To remember, this is what people had at one time. They fought to keep what they had. They survived, and they did it to help the others that came. Now you've taken food out of my mouth, but I'm still going to fight for you. They were doing what was right, and they still said God is good. So the next year, they plant crops, and they're like, oh, we are not going through another winter like that. We are going to put in a great big open cornfield that everybody, everybody will work on it, and then everybody will get their own little patch of garden for themselves as well. So the stuff started growing, they put it all in the ground, and then all of a sudden it stopped raining. And it dried up, and their corn started to shrivel. And you see those leaves, they start to roll in and get dry and start to shrink down, and all their garden comes down, and it's almost dead. And finally, the Wampanoag people are like, we have never seen a drought like this. Ever. We don't ever remember a drought like this where everything is dying in the spring. But the pilgrims know that God is good, and so what they decide to do is have a prayer meeting. They go into their meeting house, and they all pray that God will bring rain. When they step out of their meeting house, the sky is cloudy for the first time in weeks. It rained for 14 days straight. And the Indians said, I guess your God really is the guy in charge of this, isn't isn't he? Because they watched. Because God is good. Each thing comes along the way, and it's a hard step to take for them. And they don't have everything laid out for them in lavender. It's not all perfect and easy to get. They struggle for it, and they fight for it, and they work for it, and they trust God for it, and God comes through every time for them. They are with God, and God does a good thing. So the next fall, after all of their crops grow and grow and grow, after the rain starts it off again, in 1623, they decide, we better have a Thanksgiving again. And so they had the second Thanksgiving, two years after the first one. That finally showed that God is good. Again and again and again, God is good. Let's give thanks to God, for God is good. Here's what to understand for you and I today. That's what's important. I mean, I can tell you the stories about it, and that's great, and they lived a long time ago, and they had cool clothes and hats and guns, and that's really neat. But what about you and me today? Because the trust that you have in God 
is no different than what they were required to have. They live in a different time, and they had nifty hats, okay? And you wish you had a hat like that, I'm sure. All right? But God is still the same God today as he was when we started there. Understand we may not always have all the things we desire in our life. And God may use whatever happens in our country for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. He may use what happens during an election coming up in a couple of days. He may use it, and it may not be what we desire. I don't know. Either way, one way or another, when everything looks down, what do you do? You turn around and pray to God for rain, right? When your crops are all dying, when the things look bad, you turn around and you pray to God. Because that has never changed. Whether you're praying for rain or you're praying for relief in something for our country, know this, that if we turn to God, says my people that are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will help them. I will heal their land. That's what God said. There's a couple things in there. We have to turn from the things we do wrong and decide we're going to live for God. This is a very defining time in history for all of us. What are you going to do? This is separating people from people that really believe and people that don't. Okay? And God shakes out the people and says, well, who's really going to believe? He's looking for strength of faith. You guys are living in that time. I mean, you're coming right up and into adulthood at that moment when history gives you an opportunity to do something. History gave them an opportunity. They stood for something faithful regardless of what happened. We too have the same opportunity. Stand for something. Be faithful. Do something. Believe that God can help you even when it doesn't look very good. Even when half the people drop away, like happened to the pilgrims. It's pretty sad circumstances, some of the things that happened to them. Learn from what they did. And know that God is in control. He's he's controlling these tribes and these other things. He, He has the ability to help you in so many ways. And it says he will help those. And he will heal their land if you seek by faith. Turn from your wicked ways, he says. Look at me. Pay attention to me, he says. And then I will do good things through you. So pay attention. Don't let life pass you by. Think about the decisions that you are going to make and who you are and what you believe. Make the decisions today. Stand for what you believe. All right? Just like they did. Be thankful in all situations, even if it doesn't seem so good. It says, give thanks to God, Psalm 106, give thanks to God, for God is good. All right, thank you very much. Have a good day.